Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Oh my God. So it's been three weeks, I think, since the last time I did a podcast. And absolutely zero apologies because I told you last time, it's going to be a minute and I'm not doing a podcast until I pull everything together. Everything's still not pulled together. It's just differently falling apart from where I was three weeks ago. All those issues from then have been addressed. Like I'm good on on all of that. Oh, before before we go too deep, absolutely thank you to everyone who wrote in giving me their feedback on the show. I got hundreds and hundreds of emails and basically y'all were like, don't change shit. So we ain't changing shit. I'm also obviously going to continue to speak freely. As I say, I make content for grown folks. I love the babies, but there's a time and a place for family friendly material and ratchet and respectable ain't it. Anything with ratchet in the title is likely to be inappropriate for bite sized people. I was trying to be responsible for the babies, but you know what? I ain't got no babies. Y'all got babies. Y'all they parents. Y'all figure it out. So that's that. All the other ish, I just need to work out in my head. The comment from that reviewer was really fresh in my head. And I think more than anything that she wrote in the the review, calling somebody a waste of potential, just a really fucked up thing to say to somebody. I think because sometimes like, you know, I do feel like I'm wasting my potential. We talked about this last week. At the time, I was feeling a lack of accomplishment. And so someone telling you, you know, you've wasted your potential. It's like, Jesus Christ, take the knife and turn it. Why don't you? The fucker. Moving on. So much has happened in the last three weeks. I just got back from New York like two days ago. And maybe two days after I posted the last podcast, I'm at my loft, standing at the table in the middle of the day, drinking tequila with my manager as we're brainstorming. And we're, and we're standing because I don't have chairs, just FYI. And we're standing there brainstorming all the things that I need to do for Brand Bell or Brand Demetria, blah, 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 right? And I get this email from this very well-known company and, and they say that, hey, we have this talk show idea and we want Demetria to audition for it. I send the email across the table to my manager, which, pause, I've always wanted to have this kind of relationship with my team. If you follow me on Instagram, I talked about laying on my couch watching Thomas Crown Affair most of the day on my 40th birthday. People are like, oh, she depressed. Why isn't she doing anything? Because I didn't fucking feel like doing anything. And I honor what I want to do because I can. So I watched Thomas Crown over and over. I I love the idea of romance in this film. I love the travel. You know, I love a good budget, well spent. But they travel all over the world. It's just just so sexy. They have amazing chemistry. And they're equals. I think that's part of what I love so much about their their dynamic. And Pierce Brosnan is a fine-ass white man. There's a scene in the movie where police show up at his house for a search. He's like, what is this? The detective hands him a search warrant. And he was like, yeah, you probably won't understand. You pass it to your lawyer. Pierce is cooking in the kitchen and he was like, you know, Larry. And then Larry, his lawyer, is like his sous chef. Like he comes out and like, is there a problem here? Let me solve it for you. He ends up kicking the detectives out the house. I always wanted to have a situation with my team where it's not just business, where we actually like really enjoy each other and hang out with each other and make great money together. So I get this email from the network to forward it across the table to my manager slash really, really close friend and travel buddy who I'm hanging out with for the day. So he hits the network back 
they ask for a phone call and they're having a whole discussion about what the show is and my availability on speakerphone while I'm standing right there. So he sets up a meeting for me and he was like, yeah, she's available at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And I'm just like, am I? And he was like, you will be now. I stressed for less than 24 hours about doing this, you know, FaceTime interview. Got up at the crack of dawn, beat my face. I'm nervous for this interview. It lasts all of 10 minutes. They know everything about me. I don't have to hard sell myself. They describe what they're looking for. And I was like, that's me. Essentially, they want someone who can talk about dating and relationships, pop culture, and do celebrity interviews. I'm like, um, so I've been a journalist for 19 years. I've talked about dating and relationships incessantly for the last, I don't know, 17 of those years. I'm a certified life coach, if that helps. And I talk about pop culture constantly. I'm equally as known for dating and relationships as pop culture commentary. You may find me occasionally on CNN or HLN or MSNBC, or when I feel like writing any number of websites discussing any manner of pop culture shenanigans. And I was like, I can send you my reel. And they were like, oh, no need. We've researched you extensively. We know what we want. And I was like, oh, shit. It's like, almost like dating somebody who really wants to date you. They're like, oh no, I'm very familiar. I've done my research. I'm good. I'm interested. And I'm like, oh, you know, the same thing I say about dating that interested people act interested. They act interested. So before I could even ask, like, what are next steps? They were like, so next steps, we want you to come to New York. We want you to do a compatibility test with the host that we're considering. Are you available next week? So like a week later, I'm in New York for an interview. It was the most nerve wracking experience. They had mentioned in the original FaceTime interview that they watched me on Bravo, which when people say that, I get very like, I don't know exactly what you're expecting from me because people take so many different parts of my personality from that. And I'm like, is it that you want me to show up and be angry black girl? Because that offer has been made many a time and I've always turned it down. I'm not interested in, in promoting stereotypes. It's bad enough that I was edited as one. Or do they want smart, opinionated black girl, which I also am. I showed up as me. I pulled my hair up in a bun so that my face was clear, so that there's not shadows all over my face like it is when my hair is all down or all out, rather. I beat my face with to the best of my ability. That compatibility test, it was either the greatest thing I've ever done and I knocked it out the park, or it was a tragic fail. I have no idea. It's one way or another. But I went in and I showed up as as the best version of me. The co-host and I, a very nice human, try not to give too much away. We seemed to hit it off. We had a lot of disagreements. We had a lot of agreements. I stood firm on my positions. The other human did as well. So I don't know. I really want this job. I really, really do. So I hope that I get it. Despite all that it entails, the biggest part of which is I'd have to leave L.A., at least for most of the year, even in the best of all situations in which I could be bi-coastal. The show shoots in, in New York, so I'd have to move back, which to be completely transparent, I'm not. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I really do like my life in L.A. Like that's not just Instagram photos and stunting for the gram. I, I'm genuinely happy here. I haven't been happy like this in a really, really, really long time, if ever, to be quite honest with you. I like my life here. It's easy. It's nice. I like my place. I like my friends. I like my lifestyle. I, I really enjoy it. I was in New York for a week, Monday to Monday. 
I love New York City. I'm not going to be one of those people that leaves the city and then starts to drag everything about it. I think New York City is one of the greatest metropolises on earth. It's amazing. It doesn't even look real. I was driving down Broadway to go from one meeting to another on Monday. And I was like, this is just so surreal. Like these, the buildings like canyons and the traffic and the people and the cabs and just all the, the, the order of the chaos of New York is really quite beautiful. But I don't know that I want to live in that again. I have to be one of those people that's like, I mean, I said I was never moving to L.A., but now I have to be one of those people. I was like, yeah, remember when I said I'm never moving to Jersey? I'm moving to Jersey. In a perfect world, I keep my place in L.A. and I get a place in Jersey. I make it happen if I get the opportunity. It's one of those things that I can't say no to. I have to pursue it. I want to pursue it. And also when I was in New York, I planned out the trip. So essentially I was living my bucket list while I was there. It sort of dawned on me that happiness isn't so much a location, but a state of mind. Like, I love L.A. and I love the peaceful life that I cultivate here. But I think it's important to remember it's the life that I cultivated. I have to figure out a way to cultivate the same degree of happiness in New York as well. It's not like I don't have a ton of friends still living in the city. And it's not like parts of the lifestyle that I really enjoy in L.A. aren't possible to go back east. There's a lot of history in New York. Good times and bad blood. I was there for a really long time. There are bridges that I burn, bridges that are still standing that are rickety as fuck. If I get the job, I have to navigate all that again, you know? So yeah, crossroads of life. It's a challenge. Literally, the last 24 hours are the first time in over two years that I haven't been living out of boxes. Like I just got my life restabilized. And now I face the possibility of having to go back to that. At least for a few months. Transition. Hmm. I value stability above most other things. The stability of my home life allows me to be creative in other aspects of my life. Being creative for the last couple years has been challenging. But now I feel like I have a cup of which to pour out of. Speaking of cups, I have no daily harvest in my life right now. I remember to schedule the delivery of my dresser so I could stop living out of boxes. But I did not remember to schedule my daily harvest so I have food when I got back. Now that the longevity of my stay in L.A. is in jeopardy, I'm a little more conscious of my time. The last thing I want to do is spend my days trapped indoors, standing over a hot stove just to eat. I'd rather be doing other fun stuff in the city. Go to the beach. Go find a random bonfire. People bonfire every day. That's not even like a a special activity. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Let's go to the beach and do a bonfire. Because that's life in L.A. But I wish I had my daily harvest. I had to go to the grocery store last night and get food. Would much prefer my daily harvest so I can just eat on the run. Be out. If you're not familiar with Daily Harvest because you have not been listening to the podcast, Daily Harvest delivers thoughtfully sourced chef-crafted food that is built on fruits and vegetables and can be prepared in less than five minutes. Everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to eat, and each Daily Harvest cup takes one step to prepare. 
with room for customization. Add your favorite milk to a smoothie. I personally prefer almond. Or you can heat up a harvest bowl and top it with avocado or a fried egg. Went to the store. I have avocado. I have eggs. I've ordered my harvest bowls. The best part of Daily Harvest are the single-serving cups that make it the ultimate grab-and-go meal or snack. So you can get a dose of nourishing fruits and vegetables any time of day. My preference right now in a perfect world, there's a pink smoothie. I think it's strawberry mango with almond milk. thing is amazing. I'd give anything for one of those right now. If you too would also want to give anything for one of those right now, you can go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code RESPECTABLE to get three free cups in your first Daily Harvest box. That's promo code RESPECTABLE, R-E-S-P-E-C-T-ABLE, for three free Daily Harvest cups at dailyharvest.com. That's dailyharvest.com. I have a great book recommendation for you. My friend Michael Arsenault. He has a book called I Can't Date Jesus, and it is available on Audible. I love him. Michael Arsenault is one of my favorite humans, and his book is amazing. I was fortunate enough to host a book reading with him in D.C. at Politics and Prose when it first came out. It being his New York Times bestselling book of essays about being young, gifted, black, and gay. It's a great read. I'm not just saying that because I love him dearly. If you are unfamiliar with Audible, Audible delivers bestsellers, business, self-improvement, memoirs, and more. They are all professionally narrated by actors, authors, and motivational superstars. In addition to audiobooks, Audible members can also get free access to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post delivered daily to the Audible app. If you are interested in new books or newspapers, You should give Audible a chance. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial and your first audiobook plus two Audible originals are free. You can visit audible.com slash respectable or text respectable to 500-500. Once again, that's audible.com slash respectable or text respectable to 500-500. We have a new sponsor this week. The lovely folks over at Lola, a modern approach to feminine care. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleaning wipes. It is a product founded by women made for women. They have a very simple and seemingly obvious philosophy that women shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. Unlike other major brands, Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. No BS, no mystery fibers, and no doubts about what's going in your body. Plus, Lola products come in a simple, customizable subscription. Lola will deliver exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. Their subscription box is fully customizable. You can choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. The subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. And for every purchase, Lola donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. I love it. I love a do-good company. That makes me happy. 
So in full transparency, I sign up for sponsors that I want like free stuff from because I want to try their products. So far, so good. To be completely TMI, I've been using the same tampon brand for years and years and years, over a decade. And I recently had to switch because I was having problems with leakage. So I tried Lola. And this is not in any of the copy that they sent me. No leakage. 100% organic and no leakage. Makes me quite the fan of Dear Lola. If you are interested in a Lola subscription, visit mylola.com and enter respectable when you subscribe. In exchange, you get 40% off subscriptions. Don't tell me I don't take care of y'all. 40%? That's a cute number. That's a cute discount. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter respectable, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, a bull, when you subscribe. Are you ready for the shenanigans? We're going to start with non-shenanigans. Have you been watching Orange is the New Black? It's the final season, season seven. I used to adore this show. It's the reason I started watching Netflix. And it was really good for the first I'd say four seasons and in five and six, that whole prison riot in the aftermath just lost me. So I actually had no intention of watching season seven. And I saw a bunch of people talking about it on Facebook and they were like, oh, it's so good. And I was like, really? Orange is the New Black is good. So I was like, let me give an episode a try. I've been on the road. You know, when I come back home, I like to take a whole day and just like lay on the couch and do nothing to like to recalibrate. I actually started watching Orange is the New Black, season seven. And it's like, it's excellent. Like, it's back to how it was in the beginning with slightly more self-awareness from Piper because that was what used to annoy, like, everyone. It's good, good. And I was like, whatever writers you have on this season, I wish they had been on five and six, but they're so good, it makes up for five and six. A large focus this season is on immigrant women who are being kept in detention centers and the stories, the stories are crazy. They did a really good job this season. Really, really good. And I haven't finished it yet. I'm on, I think episode nine. It's good. It's really, really good. If you were once a fan of Orange is the New Black and you gave up on seasons five and six because it went too left for you, come back, come back and, and finish out the show. It's actually really good. Okay, now we're going to talk about shenanigans. In what the fuck were you thinking news, we need to discuss Antoine Fuqua and Madame Nicole Murphy. If somehow you've missed these shenanigans, let me bring you up to speed. Mr. Fuqua, a married man of 20 years, his wife is Leela Rashawn Fuqua, a.k.a. Sunshine from Harlem Nights and the ditzy chick from Waiting to Exhale. They have two children together. Mr. Fuqua was in Italy in order to accept an award. He either was there with or ran into Madame Nicole Murphy. Pictures hit the internet of them lip locked. She was in a bikini. He was with a towel around his waist. There are many pictures from many angles of them greeting one another warmly. So when the pictures first hit the internet, Nicole Murphy gives a statement and she says, Antoine Fuqua, I was greeting a family friend. Ma'am, that ain't no friendly greeting. I don't greet nobody like that unless we fucking. Let's just be clear. Folks called foolishness on her statement. 
And then she came back and said, well, I didn't know he was married. He led me to believe that he and his wife were no longer together. Ma'am, everybody thought the Fuquas were married. Did this man tell you he wasn't with his wife? And he might have, because you know, men like to lie about those types of things. She out here looking crazy with this flip-flopping. Mrs. Fuqua, upon hearing the news of her husband's misdeeds, canceled or shut down her social media accounts, her Instagram and her Twitter, which is probably for the best. I imagine the people in her comment section were not being very kind. Mr. Fuqua has said nothing. All these shenanigans, all these photos. Mr. Fuqua has had no public statement. So, again, married man, father of two, husband of 20 years, right? Is photographed in a very compromising situation. Instead of blaming his wayward penis, most of the conversation has been about Nicole Murphy and her silly statement and how she's a mistress and a Hollywood pass around. That's what people are saying. She's single. If you don't want to be single, you need to date. I have no issue with the single people or the number of single people that a single woman would like to spend her time with. People also have much to say about Layla Rashawn, Mrs. Fuqua, and her weight gain over the course of her marriage. Somehow, people have nothing to say about the wayward penis of Mr. Fuqua. I'm like, you're the married man in this situation. You know the vows you took. You know you ain't divorced from that woman. You're slinging international peen. How is he not being held accountable for that? He cheats, gets caught cheating, and folks want to go on these long rants about, will his wife gain weight. So, this is not an excuse to cheat. When did weight gain become an excuse to cheat? They were like, well, she gained all that weight. She doesn't look the way she did when they got married. They got married 20 years ago. And let's be real clear. If you go back and look at the wedding photos, there's only one stunning person in those pictures. It is not Mr. Fuqua. If you want to talk about imbalance physically, there was a physical imbalance from the beginning. Mr. Fuqua, in the most recent photos, has a very nice build. His face leaves a bit to be desired. If we're going to speak freely about evenly yoked folks and what folks look like then and what folks look like now, we need to have honest conversation. If you consider weight gain an L, then he took an L on the back end and she took one on the front. And even swap ain't no swindle. But let's discuss this weight situation because people just went crazy. He cheats. The whole internet wants to discuss this woman's weight gain. There's been chatter that Mrs. Fuqua may have lupus. It's a very hard disease. Weight gain is very associated with the disease. Now, maybe that's the cause of her weight gain. Say it's lupus. Okay. Say it isn't lupus. You don't have to have a chronic illness in order to gain weight over the course of 20 years. Every once in a while, you'll stumble upon someone who's the same size they were 20 years ago. The vast majority of people are not. The expectation that you would look the same and be the same size in 20 years is a little crazy. Folks gain weight. Black don't crack, but it damn sure spreads. Let's also factor in some knowns in the Fuqua's marriage. 
Allegedly, Mr. Fuqua has two children outside of the marriage that were produced during the union. I've only seen court documents for one. People keep saying two. I don't know where they got that one from. One, there's court documents for he was trying to get his child support reduced. I want to say from 10 G's a month down to like five something. That was about 10 years ago. And then a couple weeks ago, 10 years later, he's cheating again. I'm going to assume that the first time that he stepped out on his wife, he didn't get a random woman pregnant in a one night stand. I would guess that he probably cheated on multiple occasions, clearly not wearing a condom. And on one of those occasions, he got someone pregnant. So that's 10 years ago. Who knows when he started cheating in the marriage. But 10 years later, he gets caught cheating again. What are the odds that, you know, he was he was a good boy for 10 years and then suddenly he started again and the paparazzi caught him? I would gather he probably been a whole husband hoe for a mighty long time. That's some shit that'll put some pounds on you. Emotional eating because your husband's a hoe. I actually lose weight when I'm depressed. Some folks eat their feelings. Maybe Mrs. Fuqua is one of those people. I don't know. Or maybe she just liked to eat. It happens. But I just find it utterly bizarre how this man cheats and the whole internet wants to have a conversation about, well, maybe he's cheating because she gained weight. Again, not an excuse. Okay, say we're using that as an excuse. Like your partner gains weight and so you, and so it gives you a pass to cheat. What's the limit? Because there's a lot of folks' husbands out here looking like they six, seven months pregnant. It's okay for their wives to cheat on them? What if y'all both gain a bunch of weight? Do y'all have to not cheat because y'all both gain weight? Or y'all can both step out because each of y'all put some pounds on? If it's okay for a man to cheat when his woman gains weight, is it okay for a wife to cheat when her husband's hairline get pushed back? The ceiling is missing. It's okay for that wife to cheat or she got to honor her vows. That whole for better, for worse, the sickness and health. You tell me. I don't know. What about if sir's finances decrease? Is it okay for a wife to cheat then? Because, you know, life happens to people. Sometimes it's a weight gain. Sometimes it's a job loss. When Mr. Fuqua was paying $10,000 a month out the household budget to somebody else's household for his outside baby, and the household was missing a good 120 k a year, was it okay to cheat then? He cheated. Would it be okay for her to cheat back? I just want to know. I just got questions. You let me know. And do the rules for Mrs. Fuqua apply to any of y'all's mamas? Because folks was hot on the internet talking about, oh, if the wife gains weight, then the husband could cheat so your daddy could leave your mama. It's okay if your mama's new boo, your stepdaddy, steps out on her because she gained weight. Or your okay to cheat rules just apply to other people's mamas, but not your own mamas. And I wish people would go say the raggedy stuff they say on the internet to their moms. Go tell that woman you feel it's okay for her to be disrespected and it's okay for her to be cheated on because she gained weight. I remember the Mother's Day photos. It wasn't that long ago. All y'all mamas was beautiful. I'm not going to talk greasy about nobody's mama. But a lot of y'all mamas been eating. I'm just saying. Go tell chubby mama what she be saying about fat ladies on the internet. I'm tired of the raggedy thinking y'all like to express. Say that shit to your mom. Let her knock some sense into you. Get you some act right and some good behavior once again. Because you wasn't raised this way. You wasn't raised like this. In other news, 
Can we discuss this Lori Harvey and Diddy situation? Now, look, I said on a prior podcast, I really don't like to discuss the dating shenanigans of folks under 25. They out here being messy, making a ton of mistakes, such as life. I did it. Thank God there was no social media to document it. Ugh. But Lori Harvey, 22, it has long been speculated that there's something going on between her and Diddy. Last week, they were photographed walking down the street, no affection shown, but in seeming matching outfits, which gives the impression that there is some romantic entanglement between the two of them. I'd like to point out at this point that Diddy has children older than Lori Harvey. Personally, I'm no fan of big age gaps. I feel like the person who's much younger in the relationship is an extraordinary disadvantage just because they haven't lived enough to know enough to, to understand how they're being taken advantage of. Especially when you're talking about somebody in their 20s and somebody pushing 50. It's a little different when you get into folks in their 40s and somebody else is in their 60s. You've seen a lot of life, not as much as the other person, but you have a better understanding. At 22, honestly, you're, you're barely able to cross the street by yourself to be 110 with you. And the older person is usually dating someone much younger, of course, because youth and beauty are, are heavily intertwined. But very often, that older person is not able to sustain a relationship with someone closer in age because usually they don't have the emotional capacity. Sometimes the finances, this clearly doesn't apply to Diddy, but to deal with someone who's seen as much life as they have, they know they fall short. It's much easier for someone much younger to be impressed. It's much easier to manipulate someone who's much younger because they don't really know what's going on. But Diddy and Lori Harvey have chosen to date. And much of the kerfluffle is not necessarily about the age difference. It's about the rumor that Lori Harvey used to date Diddy's son, Justin. Now, I've never seen any proof of this. People keep saying it, but I've never seen anything really to suggest it. I've seen no pictures. I've seen no tweets. I've seen no screenshots of, of comments on Instagram. Like, I've seen absolutely nothing that leads me to believe that they were actually in a relationship. Now, I remember back around the time Lori was dating Trey Songs, they were leaving somewhere and the paparazzi caught them and Lori tried to duck, but the cameraman got the photo. It was everywhere online. And a couple people, Justin being one of them, Future being another, commented on Lori not ducking in time. I think that's what people are using to assume that they were dating that just sounds like somebody clowning about somebody getting caught out there that doesn't necessarily say to me that they were dating and also in no shape form or fashion am I anywhere near famous I have still read so much false shit about myself on the internet that I'm like where did y'all get this folks be talking about people I dated people I don't know places they said I've been that I don't even know Folks talk about my hair ain't real. My eyes ain't real. Crazy stuff. I'm broke. My father pays for my lifestyle, which please God, could that actually happen? It would make life so much easier. Like, oh yeah, her father pays for all her trips. I wish. Oh my God, I wish. Please let that happen. Let that be true someday. 
people will write out stories of whole interactions that they've had with me that did not ever happen because I was never in that place. I can only imagine the stuff that ain't true about Lori Harvey that people purport is the real thing. Now, did she date Justin? I don't know. But say she did. And then say she turned around and dated his father. Why would the onus be on her in that situation? Diddy is 49. He is older than Lori and Justin combined. He's also Justin's biological father. If there's any blame to place to be like, oh, that's crazy. I can't believe that's happening. A father and son blame Diddy. He the boy daddy. He want to talk about, oh, Lori's responsible. Lori should know better. Lori's 22. Diddy's the daddy. He the grown ass man in this situation. He pushing 50. You want to hold somebody responsible for actions. Hold the father responsible. Hold the grown ass man responsible. Folks be tripping over themselves sometimes not to offer a man any accountability. He grown, good and grown. Hold that man responsible for what he does. You want to be mad at Lori? Be madder at Diddy. Also, for the love of Hova, stop calling that girl a gold digger. Her and any other woman that dates men with money. Folks be so obsessed with trying to get women to date broke dudes. I don't understand it. Lori Harvey is, is used to Steve Harvey and Marjorie Harvey's lifestyle. She'd be goddamn dumb coming from that background, looking how she looks with the access that she has to go date a broke dude. I don't even care if he's the nicest mofo on earth. Why? Folks want to pair people off with broke folk all the time. Like, stop that shit. It's offensive. If you want to date broke, I mean, go for it. That's your choice. Stop trying to put that ish off on other people. Ain't nothing wrong with liking somebody who can rub two coins together. They can rub six figure worth of coins. That's good. Seven figure. That's great. Eight figures. Freaking amazing. Ain't nothing wrong with wanting somebody with a good lifestyle and some change. There's plenty of other things to shame people about. Choose another one. We have one more topic. We need to discuss this Cynthia Erivo situation. Cynthia Erivo has been cast as Harriet Tubman in the new biopic about Black Moses. I personally don't care. I think she's an amazing actress. I went to see The Color Purple on Broadway three times and cried every time. Cynthia played Celie and she knocked it out the park every single night. She is an amazing actress and singer. But some folks don't feel that it is appropriate for a woman of non-African-American descent to be playing the role of an African-American icon. Remember a few years ago, Sam Jackson spoke out against the number of British actors playing lead roles. There was the guy from 12 Years a Slave. There was the guy from 12 Years a Slave. There was the guy from Get Out. There was the guy who played MLK in Selma. But Samuel Jackson spoke up and was like, basically, why are all these British actors taking roles from African-Americans? That just seems very xenophobic to me. We balk when white people say crazy stuff about immigrants. You don't belong here. Go back to where you came from. They're taking our jobs. White people say stuff like that. We'd be like, y'all are wilding right now. Now black folks are turning around saying the same things over actors. It just doesn't feel right to me. 
it feels like a bunch of black folk from different places fighting each other because of scarcity. We wouldn't have conversations about whether non-African Americans are taking roles from African Americans if there were more roles for everybody. But because there's only a few good roles here and there, sometimes folks feel a way that they didn't get them. But it just seems very, the descendants of slavery and colonized places arguing with each other over scraps. The lack of roles is a symptom of a larger issue. The larger issue being racism. Tackle the actual issue. The infighting is just stupid. In Cynthia Revo's case, there's been a Twitter thread that's pretty heavily circulating with a collection of tweets that she's made over the years. In summary, the argument is that she's inconsistent in her thoughts of who should have what roles. Inconsistency, everyone is, self-included. It's a human trait. There is a tweet where she's quoting some song lyrics or something. She says something like, employs ghetto American accent. Distasteful, but not something I'm willing to cancel her over or clamor for her to be fired. We go so hard on the things that black women from wherever in the world say. I always think about Chrisette Michelle. Yet people like Little Duval could say the craziest ish about gay folks, about black women, about anybody. And people make a fuss, but people still follow him. People still dance when his songs come on. Just last week, Little Duval is, made some comment about he doesn't like women with bushy hair. Really? What does your mom's hair look like without a perm? Like you really made a public statement about not liking the way the hair of most black women grows out of their head. You really said that publicly. Yet I've seen no call for a boycott, no call for a cancellation. That's far more problematic than saying ghetto American accent. And again, I don't think her choice of words is the best, but it's far from the worst. And we've let other people rock after saying far, far, far more horrible things. I'm tired of folks calling to cancel a black woman every time she blinks wrong. I think Cynthia Revo is an amazing actress. And I think she'll do really great in this role. I'll be at the theater opening weekend. Some people need to be canceled. Cynthia Revo is not one of them. So that's that. So that is all of my topics for the day. Before we bring Ratchet and Respectable to a close, I need to remind you how to get in touch with some of our sponsors. If you are interested in Lola products, you're trying to get some of those 100% organic cotton tampons with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. Let me tell you how to do that. You can get 40% off all subscriptions by visiting mylola.com and entering respectable, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, a bull, when you subscribe. It's 40% off. That's a pretty good deal. If you're interested in Daily Harvest, thoughtfully sourced chef-crafted food that is built on fruits and vegetables and can be prepared in less than five minutes, you can go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code RESPECTABLE to get three cups free in your first Daily Harvest box. That's promo code RESPECTABLE for three free Daily Harvest cups at dailyharvest.com 
dailyharvest.com. Last but certainly not least, if you are interested in the audiobook by Michael Arsenault, I Can't Date Jesus, you can start listening with a 30-day audible trial and your first audiobook plus two audible originals are free. Visit audible.com slash respectable or text respectable to 500-500. That's audible.com slash respectable, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, able, or text respectable to 500-500. So, boys and girls, the bad news is we've come to an end. The good news is that I'm in L.A. for a while, I think. And if I don't have to fly out within the next 10 days, you'll get a podcast next week. I'm giving you my word. I ain't saying it's going to be Thursday, but you'll get one before next Sunday. So we'll talk soon next week. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye.